and welcome to this Sport Radio special presentation of the 2007-2008 Canberra Transact Capitals. We'll hear from each of the girls playing for the Capitals in this season their thoughts about how the season's travelling and how they're travelling relative to the season. I think you'll find it'll be an interesting time. We kicked it off at the beginning of the season late last year with the highest profile player in the Canberra Transit Capital side, Tully Bevilacqua. Well, first of all, Tully, welcome back to Australia and back to the Capitals for this uh, your 15th and final WNBL season. Yes, thank you very much. It's great to be back and uh, 15 <laughs> does sound like a very long time. It makes you feel very old when you hear it like that, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's great that I've been able to have such a, a long career. What has been the highlight in 15 years? I can imagine there'd be quite a few. There have been, I guess, the uh, the World Championship win in Brazil, um, as would probably be, you know, the ultimate winning for your, winning a gold medal, first ever gold medal for your country, um, in such a major um, tournament like that. And then, obviously, the WNBA title um, with Seattle Storm in '04, and, and also the championships that I've won with the Canberra Capitals. Um, you know, the back-to-backs and essentially a, a three-peat. Um, yeah, as you said, I've had quite a few highs in my career, especially in the last, you know, all the last, you know, four years. You always came home when you were playing overseas. Why? Why did you always maintain that, uh, that what would be an off-season for most other professional basketballers? Well, I mean, I think it's just, very important to obviously come back and see my family and uh, and my friends. Um, you know, there was a time where I was away 11, 11 and a half months of the year um, when I was doing both Europe and WNBA. But, uh, you know, after a few years of doing that, you do miss home. And so I think I've just found a perfect situation of being able to play in the WNBA for five months and coming home for seven. And, uh, and that just suited me perfectly. And, uh, um, but yeah, as I said, especially as I, I've you know, gotten older, I, I've just found it important to come home for me and, and uh, spend time with my family and friends. The decision to move from Perth, where you've grown up and, and played the majority of your basketball, to come to Canberra, it must have been a pretty tough one. Um, yes and no. I mean, obviously Perth was, you know, my only club um, that I've played with and uh, obviously I pretty much based there with all my family, but um, I think I was ready for a change um, and, you know, I just felt I was getting a little stagnant um, there in Perth, but, um, you know, just with, you know, with myself, I, you know, there was nothing to do with the club and stuff, um, I just felt it was, it was time to, to experience something different and um, I was offered the, obviously the, um, the, the role with the, the Canberra Capitals and, and obviously the chance to play alongside my good friend Lauren Jackson again and uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed my time here. When we look at that relationship, she beat you for a WNBL championship back in, uh, what was it, 80, no, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. You were playing for Perth at that time. I was time. playing for Perth, yes, she was AIS. <laughs> And uh, you've, you've gone on and, and had a remarkable friendship. Not only did she beat you for a championship, but you went over, joined the Seattle Storm with her and uh, picked up a WNBA championship before you even won one back at home. Yeah, 
I know it's, uh, it's. I mean, I sort of pinch myself as to how you know the, the events have unfolded. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I went to Seattle with O3, and and that's where I began to um, really forge a friendship with Lauren. Um, I mean, obviously, I knew her and played against her a lot before then, but it wasn't until O3 that we did start to to um, get to know one another a lot better. And then, um, but, you know, just we just get along so well in O4. It was just a, a team that the chemistry was just amazing um, on and off the court and uh, you know I think that's the perfect ingredient for success in the championship team and you know that on-court chemistry as, as well as off-court doesn't mean you have to be, all be best friends but you just uh, you just uh, yeah you just have some special mix about it and uh, and I, you know, it's just been great that I've had those opportunities to do that with her and, uh, and obviously here in Canberra afterwards. But, um, you know, then we went on to the Canberra Capitals era without Lauren and uh, it's been great that all the other players have been able to step up and we've been able to forge a new identity without her. Coming into this season, the core of the group is still very much the same. Of course, Donna's gone home to New Zealand now. Yeah. Uh, you've picked up Krista Hayes. And uh, a couple of the squad members have rotated round and uh, and moved on, but basically the starting five's the same, and the first couple off the bench, of seven and eight, are also the same. How important is that to uh, going on this year and and doing a very a term I hate three P. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's important every year to try and keep the nucleus of your group. I mean, it's just the reality that each team. Or you know, teams from year to year never going to be the same. But um, if you can keep that nucleus, then it means you know you don't have to start from scratch again the following year um, with getting everyone to understand the system. Um, it's just a matter of bringing in a couple of new faces and integrating them into the system. Um, and so it's. I mean, I think obviously when you look at some of the other teams and they've gotten stronger, uh, particularly Adelaide. Um, so, you know, I, once again, we're not going into this season as the favourites. You know, even though we have won, you know, back-to-back championships, um, we're in the same situation we were at the beginning of last year in that we, you know, no one is expecting us to win. And, you know, and that's great because, you know, I think the players can just go in, relax, um, and just go and play. And uh, that's what we'll do again this year. We'll, we'll have an up-tempo game. And... And, and hopefully, you know, the new players, you could say, will just step in and um, just do what they can do. Don't try and do anything um, out of the ordinary. Just come in and, and do what you do best and, you know, we'll be fine. And uh, obviously, if you lose, you know, to lose someone like Donald O'Hagan was, a, was a, a big loss for us, I think, because she brought just a little bit of attitude and a little bit of edge uh, to the Capitals. And I think we're just still trying to find that right now. Mm. A professional basketballer. It's a very, it is a very rare thing in the women's game in Australia. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you to have been a professional basketballer for so long now? Uh, it's, uh, it's been an unbelievable experience. I mean, to live the lifestyle that I have and, and to play the sport that I love and, and also to be paid to do that and pretty much have been all around the world in the meantime. Um, it's it's you know I I definitely don't take it for granted and um, and take each day as it comes and, and appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's 
as I said, it's a unique lifestyle. You you train, you have a lot of time to be able to just get then go and do whatever you want to during the day. Um, it's um, yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I don't take it for granted because I do respect, you know, obviously those you know people that have to go to work, you know, five five seven days a week sometimes, and um, and yet I get to go and play a sport that I love and get paid to do it and. You know, and then you know, a few cases get paid more than you know the people work long hours. So um, you know, I keep it all in perspective, and I just really appreciate it. You have played with Seattle, Indiana, most recently. What do you gain out of being in those environments day in day out, and how does that help you developing your other teammates who, when you come back home, don't have that twenty-four-seven uh, Life of basketball. Yeah, well, I guess. Um, well, I've been in. I've been in every role. I guess you know, as, as a point guard, I've been a, uh, a limited minutes player. You know, the taken off the bench um, to. Um, I guess not even. I've been a second backup to the point guard. Then I've been a backup. I've been a starter. Obviously, we qualify now in Indiana. So I think what I bring is is. Um, is that I can re- relate to to players in my position, regardless of what situation they're in, and so I can offer a lot of experience, a lot of advice um, because of that. And you know, at the moment, what I'm just trying to do is um, obviously, you know, Nettie Hurst for me is, is the upcoming um, point guard that's uh, you know going to be the leader of this team. Um, obviously. You know, she can. She's stepping up to the plate now and doing that. But obviously, once I've, you know, retired from the WBL, she's definitely the one that's that's going to be looked upon to take over. And, and so, what I'm trying to do this year more so is is just make her into that. Um, uh, you know, just make her better in areas that maybe, um, you know, she might be a little. Uh, let's wrap that one. Let's go to the Mia Sir again. Yeah, I guess what I'm just trying to do is um, offer any advice any, and, and my experience that I've had for the likes of Nanny Hurst, who's going to be the leader of this team. And, you know, I don't know um, what area she might come up to me and, and want to develop more so. We'll just uh, play that along by ear. But if I see something, then, you know, I'll vocalise it to her. And um, and I think, um, you know, she just uh, has really taken a grasp on on any advice that I've given her and um, just her improvement over the last few years, you know, really shows me that she's ready for this role now. What do you want to get from this last season? What do you set as your personal goals? Um, well, obviously, you know, still the number one goal is to win a championship um, collectively, you know. Um, and then I guess as, as, as on a personal note, I really just want to enjoy, um, you know, regardless of, Wins losses. I just want to go out there, enjoy every game, um, and and enjoy that camaraderie with my teammates, and uh, and still le- and you know still learn a few things from Graffy this year. I mean, she keeps you know, trying to to make me a better player, and I still think I can become a better player. So you know, I'm, even though it's my last season here in the WNBL, it doesn't mean that I want to learn you know some new tricks or, or just get better in certain areas of my game. Because uh, obviously, I I do have another year. Um, to go on my contract with the Indiana Fever. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all about getting better as well for myself. 
And what about Beijing? And obviously, yes, sorry, I uh, forgot about that, but obviously, you know, what I do with the caps is going to, you know, have a, a big bearing on uh, whether or not I'm going to be in that selection process for Beijing, but um, um, I'm very focused on not letting that be a focal point and, and still maintaining um, that team play and, and not using that to try and go outside of our team concept, um, you know, to try and put my case forward for Beijing. Uh, I just go out there and do what I'm going to do for the team and, you know, I'm just thinking about that moment, about the game, about each play and what I can do to help the team win. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, if I get picked for Beijing, then, you know, that would uh, be a great way to finish out also my international career with Australia. As you go ahead, is coaching something you want to move into? I mean, so it's, it's definitely obviously a possibility. Um, you know, whether I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking of rushing straight. I mean, I don't know what, what, what lies ahead, whether it's in, in media or in coaching um, or something totally outside of basketball. I'm not too sure once I've actually retired fully, I think I'll just need to take some time to to get away from it a little bit um, and then see what what presents itself to me. Um, I know there are possible options in the WNBA for me to still be involved with, um, you know, the Indiana Fever. Um, there's possibilities here with the Canberra Capitals, um, not necessarily coaching, but in, um, in other areas. So there are many options that I can, um, can look at, but I won't really know until I've retired fully from basketball and uh, get that time just to sit down and reflect on, on what I've achieved and then what my next passion in life is. Um, you know, who knows, I might decide to give, give golf a go. <laughs> I want to get the golf club then and, and give that a go. So, I mean, who knows? That person's probably looking for a pair in the uh, lawn bowl competition. That you're yeah, well, true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too quite sure if that's... Uh, that's my passion, my lawn bowl. So you never know. <laughs> Michaela Benny has certainly shown that she is going to be an impressive player for the Capitals in the future. Well, Michaela Benny, it's your second year with the Canberra Transit Capitals. How are you enjoying your time playing with the Caps? Um, I'm enjoying it more and more every day. Like, there's a, a great bunch of girls, and um, Graffy's a great coach. So I've learned heaps um, in the last year and a bit, and I'm just really looking forward to this season being able to put a lot of what I learned last season into practice. <laughs> you come from a, a very well-known basketballing family in Canberra. Does that put a lot of pressure on you? Um, not so much. Like, I... I guess there's a little bit of pressure there, um, mainly from them, but um, I don't really see the pressure affecting me in any way. Uh, I guess it's more like a competitive thing, trying to trying to beat mum and dad and <laughs> and stand out like on my own. <laughs> Last year you were uh, well, you were getting a bit of time, but this year you're already in the season so far. Graffy's been calling on you to play more and more of a role in the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a uh, a few opportunities in the last couple of games um, to step up and, and show Graffy what I can do and I've been really happy with my court time and, and my performance in that so hopefully I can just continue to, to know my role and, um, and 
Getting a trip to Russia with the Capitals as uh, being a premier in the uh, Australian competition must also be a great thrill. What do you hope to achieve from your Russian experience? Um, well, obviously there's, there's a lot of things going to Russia. and um, I mean, that's the basketball side is going to be fantastic and playing against some of the top quality players in the world, like with the US team and um, we're playing a Lithuanian team as well. So... Um, it's all that sort of basketball experience and then the things that are, I guess, classless are the, the things you learn off the court and being able to experience another country and their culture and um, I'm just really excited to embrace it all. Now, you are come home and you're facing Townsville. Now, Canberra and Townsville have had a long rivalry, but it's made even more special by the fact that, one, the head coach used to be the Capitals' assistant coach, and yeah. two... Your sister plays for the opposition. Yeah, I know. Um, it's exciting in that fact, I guess. Um, love my sister to bits, but once we hit the court, it's all about getting the W for Canberra, and I know that that will be even more exciting, like you said, um, going up against our old assistant coach. So I'm really looking forward to the game and, and playing Kirby and, um, and obviously, yeah, getting the win. <laughs> now... Since last season, there's been a, a pretty big change in your life. You're now married. How have you enjoyed that? Yeah, um, fantastic. Like in last season, um, I got married um, in Brisbane, which is where originally I'm, I'm from. So it was great to go home and um, like everything went to plan. So there was one <laughs> one hiccup with my mum burning a hole in my veil the night before, but we sorted it all out and. Um, yeah, I'm married now, so it's, it's exciting to have a new singlet with a new name and, yeah, a new season, so it's all good. How hard are you finding it already with the travelling that's involved and being a, having a husband at home waiting for you? Yeah, yeah, it is hard. Um, like, I've got a great husband and he's really understanding and um, he's really, really supportive, so... He understands that um, for me to further myself in my career, that this is something we have to do. And he's just, I guess he's a little bit jealous I get to go to Russia, but um, he's excited as well because he wants me to bring him some stuff duty-free. So, yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> all in all, where do you want to be at the end of this season? What goals have you set for yourself? Um, goals for myself this season is obviously... Um, our, team, our main team goal is to win the championship at home and um, pack out the, the arena with 5,000 people. So that's something that I think we're all working towards daily. Um, personally, I want to know my role within the team and obviously do that to my full capacity each game. And if that can help our team along to win the championship, then I'll be happy with that. So I'm really excited about the season. <laughs> Well, all the best for the trip to Russia and uh, yeah. all the uh, best for the rest of the season, of course. Uh, last night was pretty disappointing going to double overtime. Yeah, last night it was. Um, I mean, we fought back and there was like, I think we were down by maybe 20-something points at eight minutes to go. So we threw everything we had at them and, yeah, went into double overtime. Disappointing to to come away with a loss, but I think we learned a lot and we grew a lot as a team, so um, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll hold off and, and win the ones that count at the end of the season. <laughs> One of the most colourful characters in the Caps lineup was Caitlin Cunningham. Although she didn't see the season out, she's a fascinating person to talk to who I've always enjoyed interviewing. Hi, Caitlin Cunningham, your second year with the Canberra Transit Capitals. How have you enjoyed returning to Canberra? 
Um, well, Canberra itself is like a bit boring compared to Melbourne, so that's like not the the best of it. But like coming back and being part of the Caps team and that type of thing is pretty good and fun being with the same group of girls and yeah, so just yeah, all right. You've you've come back after last year not getting a lot of minutes. What made you decide to stay? Because obviously you do love Melbourne. Yeah, I really don't know what made me stay. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. You don't know. Yeah, like it's probably I'm probably uh, it's probably a bad thing to say, but I probably should have stayed in Melbourne. Not less Pauline. Um, pardon? Not. Played with Dandenong. I thought, you, oh, I thought you were with Bulleen. Yeah, I'm a Bulleen junior and that bit like, yeah, I had an offer from Dandenong and I probably should have gone with that direction sort of come back to Canberra, but it's done, so I'm here. I guess it's tough because at the Institute you had uh, you had a few offers when you left, I guess. Yeah. And how do you, how do you make those decisions? Do you have a manager that sort of helps you with those decisions? Yeah, well, Alison Tranquilly helps me and guides me and, like, helps find the best, like, place for me and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, I I don't speak my mind enough in some areas when and I get pressured into a corner and I feel obliged to do things, which is the worst probably thing to do. And, yeah, and then I get myself in these type of situations where... Yeah, I could probably be in better situations. And of course, you've been plagued with injury right throughout your career too, which doesn't help uh, yeah. when you're trying to establish yourself, does it? No, like injuries are just one of those things, yeah, that I have just had the worst luck with. Like, I get over something and then something else just comes up. Like, recently, like, my uh, left knee was the one that had all the problems for like the last three years or so and all of a sudden my right knee starts to fall out a bit too so it's just so frustrating and like my knees especially are such a big part of my game so like I'm an athletic type of player and it's just like you know it's just really hard like to get like uh, a good mindset and focus on one thing if your knees are like on your head like in your head all the time. How I know that you're a thinker, and do you think you do you think you overthink things? Oh yeah, that's like my probably my biggest problem. I overthink things way, way too much. Like, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest problems actually. How does Graffy and how do others work with you about trying to um, trying to change that and trying to trying to like I like really like oh it's. It's difficult because, like, I find I get caught up. Like, I'll, someone will say something to me and I'll take what they've said and break it down and then, like, have all these, like, scenarios that it could, which way it could, like, what it could mean or which way they're going with it, like, and just think way too much. Like, and it just starts to mentally, like, drain you. And, like, I think Graffy, like, we had a meeting the other day and, like, she's been at my back like uh, on a lot of things like trainings and stuff and like we've come to agreement where I get one training a week where she doesn't say anything to me um, another one where she can just drill me and then the third one where it's even ground type of thing and I think that's starting to help and just yeah 
how so I, sometimes I think you must have to read Freud where sometimes an apple's just an apple. Yeah, or that yeah, that's that's probably yeah, probably think things that are like too simple, I think they can't be that simple, so I read into it too much and when it really is just a simple thing. You have got uh you you've got quite a character to you. You <laughs> you aren't just a basketballer. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who play basketball at your level, and they're just basketballers. They've got nothing outside of basketball, so focused, so determined. But yeah. you have a life outside of basketball. Yeah, well, I, like I love basketball, and I've played it since I was like 11, 12, and like I when I went to the institute at 16, I was so serious about it, like, and that's all I wanted to do. But then, like, uh, I've been injured and. Um, when I was back home in Melbourne, like, I, with my injuries, I had a bit of time off, and, like, I started to, like, just, like, like, getting to get some different friends who just, like, brought their attention away from basketball, and then I, like, just, yeah, there's more to life than just basketball, and I think if you just focus too much on it, it just, like, it weighs you down, you can't just have that main focus, and if you think about it in the world, basketball is such a small percent, like, it doesn't mean anything type of thing, so it can't continue life. You're talking about uh, looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. And putting putting basketball into into its perspective. I'm, I'm interested to hear... How do you, when you look at that big picture, where does Caitlin Cunningham sit into that picture? Like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but uh, I got taught this trick where you you think of yourself, and like I think of myself, uh, and you think, all right, who am I? I'm Craig Revelle. Where am I? I'm sitting in, you know, I'm doing my interview in my office. Yep. Where's your office? And you just keep exploding it out until. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that? No, uh, yeah, I have. I haven't done it for a while, but yeah, like when you look at it that way and you see how small you really are in the world and in the scheme of things, and like, and if you like, and the basketball world's so small yet it's so big type of thing, and I think some people get caught up in it, and I just don't see like, like some like uh, people who play basketball all their life and like. They're still, like, great people. Like, they've still got, like, these wonderful life experiences and they're still, like, nothing from the person they are or anything, but it's just, like, I find that I I need a different, like, common ground type of thing and I look at it a whole different way than other people look at it. So... Does that, does that mean that it's harder for you in the team environment? Um, no, because I love the girls. They're, like, like... I love being around them. They're just wonderful people. Like you can, like everyone's unique, and I think you can, like people are put into your life for reasons. And like I learn off the girls every single day I'm around them. Like I just like as much as I learn off my friends or be around anyone. They're just like I enjoy my time with them, and so it's good. Like yeah. Now of course you've talked about some of the other things you're into, and. Of course, you love music. You love skin art. Yeah. They're two big things in your life, aren't they? They're two big things outside of basketball. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love music. Like, I just think it's such, like, an expression. It's like, like it's just, it can take you away. Like, when you're having a bad day, you can put, like, one of your favorite, like, CDs on it. And you can just tell you, it's just like, oh, I think, like, if anything was 
to create peace in the world. I think music would be up there with one of the things that could do it because it's just like such a, like, it's an art and I just can't get enough of it. And then, like, my tattoos, I think, like, I just love art and I think tattoos are just art as well, so. What's so special about Skinner and Ink oh. as opposed to something you'd see on the wall in a gallery? Oh, it's all the, like, it's all the same. It's just, like, people, like, if you have, if you get a tattoo and it's, like, a real beautiful piece of work, it's yours type of thing because it's on your body, I guess, and for you to show people or whatever. But, like, in the gallery, like, art like galleries are just as, like, magnificent. Like, when you walk in there and you see a painting or, like, a photograph or something just, like, truly unique, it's just... Like, it's just an expression and how different people express themselves, I guess. Have you ever thought about branding? Branding? Yeah. Like, like, um, what type of branding? Branding. As in, as if a bunch of people have gotten into it. Tattoos, they go, yeah, yeah, tattoos are soft core, and they get branded. Oh, like a cow getting branded. Exactly the same. They just get the design oh. onto the metal, they heat it up red hot, and then they just sear it into their skin. No way. <laughs> no way. Like, oh, no, I can't think of anything worse. I think it's horrible that they even do it to animals. Like, I'm so for animal rights, and I just think, oh, that's no way. So you couldn't do it to yourself? No. That's... that's too extreme for Caitlin yeah, coming out. That, yeah, it's too risky. Like, it could end up being really gross and tucky. <laughs> How many tests have you got? I've got ten at the moment, and I'm going to take a break for a while. Why is that? Because, uh, like, uh, uh, I want to get into modelling, and, like, you can't have too many for modelling and that type of thing. So, yeah, probably, and my mum... Yeah, she couldn't get any more, so I'll listen to her. Now, thinking about it, you played with Kate Gertie at uh, at AIS. She went off. She actually quit basketball to go modelling. Yeah, well, I speak to Kate quite a bit. Like, she's still one of my good friends, and um, yeah, she's like going overseas to base herself in London and get started. Like, she's yeah, yeah, Kate's doing pretty well for herself. She had a mean outside game, didn't she? Yeah, she was yeah. like, like, oh, God, she was like the quickest on our AI scene. She was super fast. Mm. So, who would be your musical influences? Oh, oh, there's so many, like, uh, like, oh, my God, like, there's everything. Like, my all-time favorite band's AFI, of course, and I just adore them. I just think they're, like, oh, just so great. And then there's, like, people like Morrissey, who's, just awesome and Joy Division. Um, I like the older stuff and then like people like just pop type of stuff like Alana Morris, like she's just brilliant and then like my kind of more screamy type of stuff like Under Rose, they're like a um a Christian band as well and red. I'm into the Christian bands but they're like heavier and then um Alexis on Fire, one of my all time favorite bands, um, from first to last and Lincoln Park. Like I just love so much music, so you can never be tired of it. What about other other genres, or do they? Oh, well, I, like uh, like the Cure, that, uh, um, other genre, like uh, I love it, electronica, uh-huh. um, um, Dark punk, and yeah, yeah, 
Thank you for so much training and hopefully you're working to gain time. But, like, with the past, like, oh, I just don't know. Like, game time cards we get with the capital, so we'll see what happens. It's been interesting. It's been interesting because, like, I knew you when you were at, at AIS. Yep. And then I saw you when you went to Bulleen. Yep. And you couldn't get game time there. Yeah, well, Bulleen was like, I really like it. I wasn't going to play that WNPL season. I think I signed, like, round five and then, like, pulled out round 13 or 14 because, like, I was really had wanted to just take that season off for rehab and I was kind of, like, pushed into playing and I said, oh, yeah, I'll play, I'll play. And then, like, my knee was just hopeless. So that was kind of understandable. I wasn't really in any shape to play. But, like, last season... I, I think one of the things is I'm a bit hard on myself. Like, I've been coming up a year of nothing, playing, like, just rehab, rehabbing my knee and then straight into the WNBL season. I think I had high expectations for myself and I put a lot of pressure on myself. And, yeah, I think that's where my downfall and when I don't achieve got like goals like that, I just, like, get down on myself and I kind of spiral down. But, yeah, so, yeah. It's, it, it was tough too because early in the season then they brought in another tour. Oh, which, yeah. you know, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with Donna Lafay or Donna Wilkins. Yeah. But that just made it even tougher for you too. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I, it, I guess that was basketball and, yeah, we won, so I can't complain. When you look ahead, do you see yourself as a capital much? Like for the season ahead. Well, I'd like to say yes. Um, I don't think I will stay here because I just like Grafie's a great coach. The girls are great fit. I I think I need to start doing what's best for me, not so much what other people are telling me to do. And I think what's best for me is to go to a club where I can be more of a role, a role player in a team and I can build my confidence, build my game and just, because I know I can play at this level, I know I can play at this in this league and I just don't feel like I'm getting opportunities to, so it's really frustrating and, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember your stats from the RAS, but I don't remember you being a big fowler. Yeah. And you were like, and it like you had, you, you took over from Laura. Yeah. You've been on the ramp a few fails. Yeah, I, I guess it's hard. Like, in, at the industry, I was getting big minutes. I think I was even starting. So, like, I'd be, like, relaxed and into the game and, like, really, like, not that I don't read the scout here, but really know what I had to do defensively and that type of thing. But here, like, um, you don't know when you're coming into the game and, like, yeah, you're really just like anxious to do something. So, you, like a lot of my styles, I think are just stupid ones where I'm just trying to be up, like on the ball, and I might just get like a reaching foul, or I might go for an offensive rebound and I'll jump over someone and get like a mm-hmm. offensive, like just those type of just like um, kind of fouls that are just a bit like, yeah. I just you're trying a bit too hard. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because, like, I really don't remember you being fouled out of a game at the AAS. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been fouled out yeah. in a WNBL game. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, because I'm the kind of player that, um, I like to be an impact player. Like, my, my 
like a lot of people like I'm a scorer type of thing, so that's a big part of my game. So if I don't, I'm not scoring, I kind of like try to hide other areas, I guess, because I think that I'm not doing anything. So it could be something like that. But, yeah. Is is Tracy Beatty? Because Tracy doesn't play that scorer role outside. Yeah. But she's got so much right inside. She's back to basket. She can, you know, she can. Yeah. Is that something that you can take from your game from her? Like the back to the basket inside type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, well, Tracy is a whole different story. Like, I'm... Because you carry the ball so well. Yeah. Like, I'm a power kind of player. Like, I, like my moves are like, um, like a jump, like, kind of just like a fast power, like, spin move or that type of thing. Tracy's and that's quarter like, from about two or three years ago. Yeah. And Tracy's are like, um... Like, because she's so big, like, she's really strong. People don't realize how strong she is, but, like, she, hers are just, like, poised, like, strong, like, slow, kind of tough, mm-hmm. like, baskets. And I think that that's her game, like, that suits her. But, like, I I don't think that would suit me as much as it suits her. So, like, of course I'll take, like, um, her step through move, like, and learn off that type of thing, but yeah, it's, I'll just put my kind of like style and my like like move to it. Who's a power forward that you can model yourself on? Then, um, like obviously not at the caps, but um, oh, I haven't really watched basketball for ages, yeah. so I don't know who's out there that like type of. Well, like when I was younger, I always like found. Of course, Bone Jackson is like, just like, her moves were like, just really like, good and like, I used to love watching her like, turn around jump shots and like, type of thing and like, I always wanted to like, have like, uh, uh, like a decent type of post move like that, type of thing that you can always go to and, you know, people like her and of course like, Michael Jordan, like old school, his moves were pretty amazing. Yeah. One thing Brownie said to me before he wrapped up at RS was the one thing he thought Lauren took out of the game was she didn't carry the ball anymore. Yeah. She was just posting up all the time. Yeah. And he said she had a good, or well, she had a good outside game still, but what she could do was when she faked and drove in, yeah. because she was so big and everything that, you know, she said, Brownie said to me, he said, that was. He said that was the best part of her game, and now yeah. she doesn't play it anymore. Well, maybe that's injury. Yeah. But he said she was one of the best he'd ever seen at, at just being able to carry the ball from outside, take it and through the basket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, you don't really see her do that much anymore, no. I think, about it. Yeah, no, and that's what Brandy, Brandy said that about three years ago. He said, Lauren's just taken her completely out of the game, and yet that was one of the most devastating moves she had. Yeah. But once again, it could be the injury stopping us. Yeah, well, that's like one thing I've done with injuries, just like small things. Because you know you're injured, you just, like, you don't go to see, like, you don't go to, like, exploit. Like, I used to not jump into rebound impacts because I just knew, like, I had fears in my head, like, if I land on my knee, like, in a pack, like, just stupid little things that always play on your mind mm. and when you're injured and you just feel like not 100% so it could be one of the reasons why. Yeah, I, I guess um, 
just Marnie with a teammate of yours, wasn't she? Or was she the oh. before you? Yeah, she was just before me. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I see her playing for um, Adelaide again. Yep. And like the injuries she's been through is just amazing. Or the yeah. series of injuries she's been through. So I guess it says that if, if you want to, you can. Yeah, like when I'm back home um, in Melbourne, I train with Durham. McInnes, he's like the strength and conditioning coach, and like he has worked wonders with me. Like he's brilliant. Like I put like my like um let me get on getting better with his like program stuff like that. And with him, like he works like at the gym. I go to Shelley Hammonds and Sammy Richards go there as well. And like they're just like such good role models. Like look at Shelley now; she's finally playing after so long, and like it's just just doing like working hard. Like and like just keep on like consistent type of thing like and same with Sammy like her needs are like starting to just hold like be really good now so like there's people to look at because they're still like a couple of years on me and like if they're starting to just like hit the trust now type of thing injury wise like why can't I type of thing? I imagine your roommate would, oh not roommate your housemate would, oh, would be able to tell you about coming back from injury too. Yeah, yeah, like, her back's like a miracle story, so, of course, like, I think all the great players have come back from injury, so it's just some of those things, like, it makes you stronger in the end, like, mentally as well, like, and I think it helps you again, because I used to find, when I was at the AIS, I used to, like, I wasn't allowed to train, so I used to watch and I and like when I was out for like big chunks, like a month, just watching. I used to sometimes find that my game was better from watching when I came back. And so like you do learn from it. And it's just how you like process what you want to get out of it, type of thing. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how how long do they, how long do they think you you have to be on this modified program for? Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that you really um, you can't put a date on or a time on because it is just playing up by ear type of thing. Like it could get worse, it could get better. Like I just don't know. I wish I did though. Yeah, so it's just take it, take it easy. Yeah, pretty much um, training session by training session, day by day. Yeah. What about so just heaps of gym work? Yeah, it's just like building up my being my muscles and my legs and just doing like basic exercises just to help that and, yeah, management and pain levels and, yeah. And then we'll be seeing you dunking by the end of the year. Oh, I hope so. Like, like, it's summer, it always helps when it's summer too because it's hotter and you don't have to warm up and your muscles just feel better. But, yeah, I want to. Like, how good would that be, someone dunking in a game? (laughs) Well, they've been promising it. Graphy's been promising it, so yeah. you know it's uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Every yeah. coach I've spoken to about you has said, "Yeah, she's great. We don't understand why Graphy doesn't give her more time." Yeah, that, that's I know. Like it, that's what I just don't get. Like it's so like it's so yeah, it's so frustrating. It's almost to the point where I just want to pull out because mm. I just can't deal with it. And knowing that I could be somewhere playing. Yeah. But I guess it's moot if you're injured. Yeah, well, at the moment, yeah, it is harder because I am injured. It's like, yeah. Mm. How did you do the injury, though? It's just like an overuse injury. Oh, okay, so it's just repetitive. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sounds good. 
Perhaps it was no surprise when two weeks after that interview, Caitlin decided to call it quits and head back home to Melbourne. Abby Bishop hasn't called it quits though, and she's gone from strength to strength in her second season with the Caps. It has been a fantastic few years for this young rising star. Well, Abby Bishop, it's been an interesting year for you coming back for your second season with the Capitals, but it's almost as been as if you haven't had a break away from basketball. Yeah, I know. I've had a really big year, and I mean, it's been pretty big ever since I started with the Cats, and pretty full-on training, and I'm, I'm over all my basketball. I mean, sorry, I'm finished all my junior basketball commitments now, so, I mean, I've just had a, a break this week because that the girls have been over in Russia and I've been injured, which has been really good to just have a break and get, get away from basketball for a week, but looking forward to coming back. We're looking at this, uh, the game going up against the AAS. Now, you were scheduled last year to play for the AAS. What was the reason you left? Um, I just left because I felt that I needed to move on. Um, like, I learned a lot of the, the AIS, and, like, I'm very grateful for everything that I learned and everything that um, the time and stuff people put into me. But I needed to move on. I needed a different coach, and I needed a different environment. Um, and I don't regret it one bit at all. So I'm really happy to say I went to the AIS. I, I did a year and a half there, but I'm... More than happy to say I moved on early. You made an interesting decision. A lot of the girls that were as talented, talented as you decided not to play professional basketball but to go overseas and go to college in America. Did that ever cross your mind? Um, yeah, it did, but I actually did the wrong subjects at school and I thought, I thought about going to college because it helps you get to Europe better, you know, you can be seen by WNBA and stuff, but... um. In the end, it, w- it was about what was going to be better for my basketball, and I think um, being coached under Carrie Graff and playing for a senior team in Australia was going to help me. And I mean, I've come a long way from when I left the AAS now, so I think I made the best decision for me. You are playing here again at Canberra, obviously after the uh, amazing off season at the world, at the two world championships you went to. There would have been a lot of people wanting you to go back to Europe and miss the WNBL season. Um, yeah, I did actually have a few people come up to me, and um, my mum was over there as well, and um, she looks a lot like me, so a lot of, um, well, not a lot, a few actually um, managers and, you know, scouts and stuff did go up to mum just to play in Hungary and a few other seasons, and I mean, a few other countries, sorry, but I decided that I'm way too young. If I go over there too early, um, I'm probably going to do my dash overseas, so I want to wait till I'm the best possible I can be so that I can go over there and do what I do best. Now, one of the things that uh, you had certainly told me before was you wanted to get involved in policing. Yeah, I'm a new police officer. I've actually just put in my application to the AFP um, recently, but because I'm still on my provision, like my T-plates, um, they just sent me an email back saying that they've been through my application and for me to apply when I get my full licence. So, yeah, it's something that I've always really wanted to do and definitely um, I'll apply again when I do have my full licence and hopefully I'll get into the academy in the off-season next year. But if not, maybe in a few years' time. What's the attraction to policing? I don't know. I'm just really interested in that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I did legal studies at, um, at school and right up to year 12. And I don't know. I just like the legal side of things. And I think, I think I'd be a pretty good police officer.
is that something that you take out on the court with you, that sort of uh, discipline and that sort of, uh, well, you certainly like to put everyone in their place on the opposition side. <laughs> um, I don't really go out there and think, oh, my God, I want to be a police officer. I'm going to come out and play like one, you know. But I think in a way, if you look at me and see how I play and how I'm focused and how sometimes I get angry and it makes me play better, I think if you, like, turn it back to the policing, I guess it really it does, you know, catch on. Like, it, it does relate in a way. Your first game in the WNBL, it was an interesting one. It was the first game of two seasons ago. And you stood in the centre circle against the Canberra Capitals, against Lauren Jackson. So you look yeah. back at that now, what do you think about that? Oh, I still remember that day, like, standing in that circle, ready to do the jump ball and stuff, and it's something that I'll never forget, my first ever WNBL game as a, a 16-year-old, I think I was then, and, yeah, playing against Lauren Jackson's a huge thing, but, I mean, we got flogged in all those games that season, but it's something that I'll take experience from, and I remember doing even, I remember Lauren Jackson scoring 40-something points on us, but it's something that I'll take out, like, I'll take something out of it, and, yeah, it will never, that memory will never go. Your first season in the game, you come last with the AS. Your second season, you win the championship with the Capitals. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing, really. <laughs> this season, it's the same team, but it's different. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, yeah, it's hard to say. It's early days this season, um, this season and stuff, and I think I'm pretty sure there's an import coming in, and that's going to change everything, and... I mean, everyone's probably a bit tired from the off-season. Charlie's tired, our key player, and, you know, we've got a few people who step up, like myself. I haven't performed properly yet, but um, it's not just me. There's a lot of us, and when we all get on the right, on the same page, I'm sure we'll just be unstoppable. Now, you have been nursing a few little niggly injuries. How is that all progressing? Um, yeah, it's actually going really good. I had a um, cortisone injection a week ago now, and I um, just did some light training last week, but I started going hard on court yesterday, and... Pulled up a little bit sore, but that's expected when you haven't done anything for a week. But um, did another one today, and it's not too bad. So hopefully I'll be, be able to get back on court like and play more than 18 minutes a game. I don't think I've even played over 20 minutes a game yet. So, yeah. How do you find... How do you battle through the frustration? Um... I don't know, it's very frustrating. I go to training, I think I'm allowed to do something, and Graffy goes, Abby, you're out. And, um, like, that's really frustrating for me. So when I'm in, I just take my frustration out on the court. Like, I, I get out there, oh, so much for training, I mean. Like, I get out there and just try and work my ass off um, so that, like, that opportunity that I'm given to train or to play, like, is taken, I don't know, taken for granted, if that makes, isn't taken for granted because... I'm not often allowed to train at the moment. Mm. All in all, where does Abby Bishop see herself being in the future? Um, hopefully I'll be um, a, not a key player, I'll be in the Opal squad of maybe 20 or something and hopefully I'll be playing in Europe one day. So that's my bigger dream. So, so um, off, off basketball court, I'd like to be a police officer. So I want to be an Opal, I want to play in Europe and be a police officer couple of goals that are very much attainable then. Yeah, definitely. All the best for that. Cool, thanks. Thanks a lot, and uh, I guess we'll see you on the weekend. Jess Beauty has also found a very comfortable home in the Canberra Capitals lineup. What fascinated me was how much she's enjoyed the Canberra lifestyle. 
where you find a lot of players like the bright lights of the bigger city, Jeff Bibby has found a home in the nation's capital. Well, Jeff Bibby, your second year with the Canberra Transact Capital, how have you found, firstly, the move to the Capitals program? Um, best thing I've ever done, really. You know, I spent 10 years down with Dandenong and, you know, I had a lot of success down there, really enjoyed my time and, but, you know, it sort of got to the point where, uh, you know, we're coming back from, you know, more back surgery, needed a change and the Capitals offered me that. Came in with no expectations or expectations or anything at all. Again, recovering from injury when I came up here, but it's been great. You know, Graffy's, um, you know, an awesome coach and a terrific bunch of girls and I've had success here and I'm really enjoying it. Now, your career, you mentioned the back surgery, but uh, your career was looking like it was taking a completely different path away from the WNBL, playing for the New York Liberty. Yep. How, um, how did that come about, firstly? Because you didn't have the traditional uh, go up through the ranks. My research says you didn't go to the AIS. I was a scholarship holder at the AIS and was there for two weeks. And at, at 15, I... Um, was there a little bit too young and after a couple of weeks decided that it wasn't for me so I came home. Um, was offered a scholarship for the following year um, in 96 but chose to, I had an offer of uh, going to the AIS or playing to Daniel. Steve Barr was, had just been, who was my ITC junior coach and he'd just been given, the, he was applying for the positions at Daniel and Boy, um and whichever club that he got the head coaching job at, he was going to take me with him. So I uh, decided to uh, go the WNBL route at 16 and um, not go to the AIS. So that was sort of how that came about. And, you know, at, at, at 20, at the end of the WNBL season, again, I had a, I had a pretty good year and uh, I got a phone call from uh, Hugh Sandy who uh, just said to me, he said, you know, you be interested, would you be interested in maybe playing in the WNBA? And I was like, well, heck yeah, like, sure. And uh, he said, well, leave it with me. And, um, you know, at that stage, only being 20, you know, that's, Still of college of college age, so um, he was trying to get me into the the draft camp over there, and um, myself and Nat Porter, uh, you know, being sort of 19 and 20 as we were at the time, and he uh, said, you know, leave it with me, I'll, I'll organise some tapes, and we'll, we'll see what we can do, and um, you know, sort of didn't really have any expectations um, about making it. It was perhaps just an opportunity to get over there and you know get to the training camp, um, or the or the, the raft, the rookie camp, the, the rookie camp, and. Uh, I think it was it sort of got got super close because you know, the Americans are, at that stage, you know, there weren't a lot of foreigners playing over in the league, and um, you know, it was the, the night before that we were due to fly over. I get a phone call at, at about eleven o'clock saying you're on a ten a.m. flight tomorrow morning to the states. You know, they've they accepted you know our you know, an offer for you to go over there. So I went over there for um, three days and had a you know the first couple of days struggled a bit um, just for you know, the, the jet lag and, 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 you know, obviously a camp like that, it's all about, you know, individuals. So playing with, with, with people that, you know, it was, you give the ball up, you don't see it back again. So it makes it, you know, fairly tough to, to impress. But had a pretty good, you know, last game. There was, I think, three Australians on our last scrimmage team on the last day of the camp. Had a, had a pretty good one. And, you know, again, didn't even listen to the, the draft a couple of weeks later. Wasn't planning on getting, you know, didn't think anything would come of the, come of the camp. And uh, got a phone call about five o'clock in the morning. You know, from that quarter saying that we'd both been drafted to New York and, you know, I guess everything else after that, you know, I was back, I was over there in, you know, three weeks and made the, made the roster and everything was going, you know, pretty swimmingly. I, you know, as a 20-year-old, I was the youngest on the team by about four years and, uh, you know, they were pretty impressed with my training camp and, you know, I, you know, my first exhibition game over there, you know, it was playing against Phoenix and that had, you know, Kinsey and Rhodes and, Michelle Chandler and I think Graffy was an assistant coach and 
you know, and had a pretty good game in front of 13,000 people in Phoenix. And two weeks after that is when my, my back problems um, started. So set out pretty much the majority of them because the season only goes for three months, set out most of the year and uh, we just with the back problem. Didn't really think too much of it and uh, came back playing in Australia with a pretty sore back when I went back over the next year. So when I was loose ball and couldn't get up, didn't play for two and a half years. And I spoke to Gary Fox when you did come back yep. eventually. Yep. And he said what you had been through to come back was just absolutely uh, inspiring to him. Well, yeah. I'd, uh, you know, I, basically before I had, sitting out for the two and a half years, I, you know, at, at, at 21, you know, I, you know, with, with back problems, you know, they they don't like to operate straight away because it's, it's fairly, fairly complex, especially on a 21-year-old. Um, but I, you know, I probably saw four or five different surgeons was in physio, you know, sometimes twice a day for three hours at a time trying to get it right. But I, you know, things would only get worse. You know, it got to the point where I couldn't actually go to work. I um, was, bed, you know, pretty much bedridden on some days and, um, you know, just putting on shoes sometimes was difficult, coughing, sneezing, you know, things that you take for granted I couldn't do without being in a lot of pain. And, you know, eventually it, it was about, you know, they wanted to hospitalise me for six months to, to do some rehabilitation on my on on my back then to try and get things get things you know back to normal, um, but you know that was not really an option at that point. And um, you know surgeons that I saw said, you know you can't even think, you can't even think about playing basketball again. You know, there's no way that you'll ever be in a situation where you can play again or or even be physically active again. I had one who told me to go down to Centrelink and get on disability payments because there was no way that I'd be able to live any kind of a normal life with the kind of pain that I was in and, and that they couldn't they couldn't operate, they couldn't do anything. And actually, eventually, I had one surgeon who, or they couldn't operate to enable me to play again. They, the only thing that they could do was a spinal fusion. And um, I was actually, my, 20, my 23rd birthday, I was booked in to go and see the surgeon um, to have my spinal, to have my spinal fusion. Um, but they actually they did a, I had a procedure done the week earlier and they uh, realised that I had more damage than what they first thought. It was impossible to fuse or else I would have been in a wheelchair. So that was when they said, look, you need to go and just speak to someone in regards to pain management. This is how you're going to be. You can't operate. But, you know, in that time I'd done plenty of research myself and my physio, um, Amanda Benson, who's the, the Opal physio now, she um, had, you know, we'd, we'd researched trying to get some procedures together to try and get things right and she had a surgeon in uh and a physio in Sydney that she was dealing with, who, you know, normally it's a six to 12 months wait to get in to see them. They had me in the next week, and I flew up to Sydney and spent two days seeing the physio on the first day, and, you know, she basically said to me, uh, when you go and see the surgeon tomorrow, don't leave his office until he agrees to operate. And um, and I said, and, and, and if he does operate, you know, what sort of chance have I got of being able to, to not, not play, but even live a normal life and to be pain-free? And she's like, it's 50-50. Like, that's sort of how... Uh, how much how much strife I was in with with the back and saw the surgeon the next day and he was uh, one of the nicest people that I've ever met never met in my life and uh, within you know 20 minutes of being in his in his office we mapped out my surgery and you know he said it would be a six to twelve month rehab process and that I'd be able to play in so that was you know one of the best days one of the best days I've experienced and and you know in, in regards to Gary you know he was unbelievable you know I went up to Sydney the you know the following week had the surgery done and. You know, spent you know the entire part of my rehabilitation still involved with Danny Long. He kept me part of the program, and you know I was, I was probably lucky in that aspect that having Gary as my coach because you know he's known me since I was eight, seven, eight years old playing playing at down in Melbourne at Hillside. And if it was any other coach, you know they probably would have you know who would who would 
you know, picked someone in their National League team that hasn't played for three years and has got a, you know, has had spinal surgery. Um, so, I slowly, you know, my rehab started five months in a back brace, um, lying flat on my back for five months, and, you know, the first sort of physical activity that I did was, you know, walking around an oval. I had to actually, I had to learn to walk again because I'd, and it got to the point where, you know, my whole body had seized up because I couldn't actually move properly, you know, and it was, it was probably a full 12 months of uh, rehab before I was finally able to even even run again and that sort of slowly progressed and so I was fine. So here I am. It, it is an amazing story when you hear it uh, in detail. Yeah, I, so I, I sort of have to pinch myself sometimes to think that I am playing because, um, you know, I, I remember clearly the, you know, not being able to get out of bed in the morning and not being able to bend over and having to grab onto, a, you know, a wall or a pole just to be able to brace myself when I coughed or sneezed and, you know, it's just basketball and, and being physically active wasn't even on the, the cards anymore. It was just being able to live a normal life. So to be able to, you know, to play, um, you know, something I didn't, didn't expect. And, you know, as I've, you know, I've said before, we had every year we sit down and have goals and, and things that we want to achieve. And, you know, I don't, don't really have it anymore. It's just enjoying each and every game that I get to play each and every practice session that I get to play because I had, had everything taken away for so long. How do you manage it now? Um... It's, I'm, I'm still, you know, I wish I wasn't conscious of it, and it probably is something that I do think about quite a fair bit, but I'm a, I'm a constant stretcher, and I try and avoid sitting as much as I can. Like, I've, um, you know, I probably tend to stiffen up a little bit in that regard, but, you know, just, I'm, I'm religiously in the gym working on my core stability and my strength, and, and as I said, stretching, and I get as much massage as I can, and, um, you know, other than that, I try and, um, you know, I try not to do too much in terms of back to, I mean, our training schedule and, and so forth is pretty full on, but I, you know, sometimes I've got to think to myself, I'll just take a little bit of time here, you don't want to overload your, your back so much and, and go from there, but I, I try not to think about it as much as I can, because I know Graphene I've spoken about it, because I still have that stigma attached to me, you know, that I'm, that I'm kind of, you know, damaged goods in a way that, you know, there's always that little question mark hanging over me that, you know, She's gone. She's had those back problems in the past. So, yeah. yeah. Obviously, then travelling and travelling long distances is a yep. concern. So trips like the trip to Russia, you have to go through a process, I imagine. Um, I, I again, like I'm fairly conscious of the fact that I try not to sit for too long, or I try and you know move about, so I'm not putting so much pressure on that one area of my body. Um, and you know, so I'm, I've been since my, I mean, I, you know, I had, I had two surgeries after I had my relapse. 18 months later, um, things have probably been a little bit better since then. I'm a little bit freer, but I, you know, I'm conscious just not to sit for long periods of time, um, and you know, and it can be a pain on long trips because obviously you probably want to try and sleep a little bit. But I'm sort of, you know, consciously thinking, well, I don't want to sit down for such a long period of time, or else I'd, I'll sort of seize up fairly significantly. But I've been lucky that I haven't had, um, you know, you know, wood, I haven't had any relapses in. See, I've been back now for about 18 months, so again, it's just something that I constantly try and try and manage, and you know, hopefully it's not going to affect me uh, the rest of my career. When you were 15, Canberra wasn't quite right for you. You're now yeah. back here, year two, and you say you're loving the Canberra life. Yeah, it's quite funny. I had probably about oh, a month or so ago when uh, Phil Brown was back in town, he came into the store, and we were actually laughing about that. Now, you know, as a 15 year old, I didn't want to be in Canberra. And, and here we are, you know, 12 years later, um, and I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's, um, you know, I almost forget sometimes that I'm a 
Melbourneian and those type of things. And that comes down to you know, playing with such a great group of girls and you know, we, we sort of hang out and spend time together and, and do all those type of things when we're not playing and training. And you know, it's just a good little family environment, really, and I, you know, I really enjoy it. How different is Coach Graff to the other coaches that you've worked with? Well, I'm, I'm sort of one of those players, I don't know whether it's a, a, a rarity, but I haven't had that many coaches over my career. And I've, you know, Foxy, I had, um, you know, even though as a, as a junior you have different coaches, you know, you're in under 12, 14, you can get a different coach. From the under 14s, Foxy used to take all that, all the practice sessions that I was involved in. So I had Foxy and, uh, as a junior for quite a fair portion of that time and then, you know, went to Daniel and had, you know, Steve Barr, who was already part of my junior development, and and then had Mark Wright for such a long period of time before I had Foxy again. So again, someone I was used to, and, 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 and Graffy just... She, she sees things a little bit different. Um, you know, she's always experimenting, always trying different things, and she's always open to new ideas. And you know, she's you know, in, over my career, I've never really had. Um, I guess coach isn't a word, but I've always been. I've had an ability to score it. I've always, you know, my quickness is always something that's, that's been a strength of mine. So in the past, in terms of coaching, everyone's just been, well, you go as quick as you can, and if you're open, shoot it, and we're going to go to you if we need a score because we know you can you can make something happen. Um, whereas graffiti has been a little bit more technical with me and, and tried to, to get me to use, you know, gears and pace and you know, change of pace and different cuts and set myself up a little bit different. So she, you know, it's a, it's a complete 360 in terms of, um, you know, style and, and the way that I think about the game. But, you know, that's what I wanted. That's why, I, you know, I left Danny Long after, after 10 years. I wanted something different. I wanted something fresh. And, um, as I said, it's, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Uh, the first thing Graffy said, even before you got to Canberra, was Canberra's never seen a shooter like you before at the club. And your speed to go with it just augments the ability that you can shoot from anywhere. Yeah, look, you know, I'm probably not as quick as what I used to be. That's probably something that I feel that I've lost a little bit um, since my surgery, that ability. I, I used to be able to, um, you know, be someone that could carry the ball full into the floor and attack the rim and nobody could, could get anywhere near me about. But I guess, you know, that my role on, on this particular camera team is, you know, is different to that. Like, I'm not needed to carry the ball. We've got, you know, great, you know, ball carries and telling that. And, um, but I, you know... I, my quickness is, and my shooting ability is always something that I've, I guess I'm fortunate in, you know, I, I, don't, I, I honestly don't believe that there's too many people out there that can, you know, if I, if I, if I want to shoot it, if I want to get open, I've got that ability, um, and, that's, and that's something that I've needed to have because of my size, um, you know, obviously playing against, and I, you know, I saw that overseas, you know, playing against people that, that have got that little bit of extra style than me that are also quick, you've got to start to, you know, Use your cutting, use your change of pace a little bit, a little bit as well. So, um, you know, it's a strength of mine that, that I've had to, um, I guess, develop over the years. And you know, I'm thankful that I do have it because if I wasn't as quick as what I was and and couldn't, you know, shoot from, but I guess I'm, you know, I, I can shoot it from three. I, I can shoot a pull up and I can get to the rack. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I need to have to be successful because of my size. Yeah. Now, one thing that you have been uh, able to help the Capitals with is certainly elevating Natty Hurst up to another level. And uh, obviously you two have been working together just trying to improve her game as well. We, we have. Like, you know, last year, um, you know, Nat sort of came to me. In the, um, you know, I had a, a very slight frame to begin with, but, you know, after I had my surgery, I was probably, you know, six or seven kilos lighter than what I am now. And, and 
putting on that weight has purely been from working in the gym. And Nat's been someone that um, has always has, has had that the physique that I would love, you know, strong legs and a strong core and a strong upper body. And, you know, and I, you know, she, last year we were sort of working out in the gym and the program that she was on was, it was a great program, but she probably wasn't working it, um, you know, working it properly. So I sort of helped tinker with that a little bit. And, you know, she's just, you know, her, her body shape has changed dramatically, which I think helped her again. She's become quicker and stronger and, 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 and I guess more confident in, in that aspect of the game. And we spent an off season together down in Albury and, you know, I guess, you know, we became, you know, great mates when, when I came here to Canberra and we just started shooting together and started working out together and, um, you know, she's come on in leaps and bounds and, you know, for someone who's only 24, she's uh, got a heck of a future in front of her. And I guess that's the other thing that uh, people like yourself and Tully that have had those opportunities and experiences are able to do to help the uh, local Canberra girls even though you see you're a Canberra girl now yourself, but to help uh, bring up some more of the uh, talent in the region. Well, that's it. You know, I mean, I did, a, I did an indie with, uh, with Graffiti out on Friday morning, and there were a couple of the, the girls that I think might have been maybe 12 or 13 years old, like just ridiculously young, but, you know, had size and had athleticism, and, and you know, we did a few shooting drills and had obvious talent. You know, there's certainly a lot of talent in, in Canberra, and they've got, you know, you don't get it in Melbourne. Like the, the profile of the, of the, of the cats is, is crazy. And it gives, you know, local girls here something to apply to. And, you know, cameras, you know, the, the development programs that have got in place here are, are terrific, you know, and I think there's certainly going to be a lot more local. I mean, I think Natty's probably the only local um, playing significant minutes or in the squad at the moment. Um, you know, but I, but I think over the, you know, the, the coming years, there's certainly going to be more, you know, local camera girls um, making their way into the cats. There's the, the talent certainly there. Uh, well, Jess, uh, thanks very much for your time. No problem, I. Cheers. I said in the program story that Tracy Beattie is an ego-free zone. I think you'll find from this interview exactly why that is. Through adversity last year to be the most valuable player in a grand final, and this year, continuing on with that great form and confidence. Well, Tracy, uh, coming back again for the Castles this season, that uh, was a fairly tumultuous season for you last year to finish on such a high, being the MVP of the grand final game. Yeah, um, I was really excited to have a track for reception and um, yeah, pleased to be back. Now, you were getting offers from over in Europe, so obviously the lure of Canberra overshadowed what you could get overseas. Yeah, no, I probably not quite. Um, Tracy Beattie in 2007-2008 and Tracy Beattie 97-98 or even before. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just haven't realized that I can actually maybe do it. Um, so that's probably my main problem is you know, I'm both enemy and some doubt, but I don't have the, the big dreams and visions that she has at the You came into the side as part of the three towers. You then saw yourself as the the single power, and of course Abby Bishop came along, Caitlin was coming along, but uh, unfortunately she's now left the program. When you see these other young girls, and you think back to when you were playing at their age, what what do you try to tell them, or how do you try to mentor them? Um, look, there's some big girls in the league this season. Um, I 
with me, particularly in the team. But with, with you, the way you were talking about just starting on the bench and so on and so forth. Oh, I think I'm a fairly feel when you go off the bench or start on the court? Uh, 
it's been an interesting ride to say the least. Yeah, it has. Um, you know, since since that uh, first championship that um, I did miss out with, I've, I've been fortunate enough to um, to to win four um, championships after then, and um, you know, two of those against uh, Sydney, or perhaps even three against Sydney, one against Dandenong. So, um, you know, it's useless to say that we um, we have a great rivalry against uh, Sydney, and. Um, you know, certainly looking forward to hopefully uh, gaining a few more championships before I hit retirement. Surely retirement is years away for a youngster like yourself. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I'm not sure what retirement is. Um, not really thinking about it too much at this stage, and also will depend on on how the body holds up. I guess um, you know, in the future years. But um, at this stage, you know, my focus is still on um, gaining a few more championships with Canberra. You're the most capped player for Canberra. One, longevity here and loyalty to the club, but uh, coming from Victoria as you do, uh, or as you did, it must have been hard to decide that Canberra was going to be your home. Um, it really wasn't a difficult, um, I guess, the thing for me coming out of the Australian Institute of Sport in 1996. Um, I did actually go on trial with the Tasmanian side when I was still in the league and you know, it came down to two cons basically, and um, Canberra sort of came up trumps, and I haven't really looked back since. You know, it's it's a club that I've enjoyed playing with, and certainly um, received some of the best coaching um, from the likes of um, Terry Graff and, and from uh, Mike McHugh, who was also formerly at the Australian Institute of Sport and has moved on to New Zealand basketball. Um, you know, look, so in terms for me, I, I couldn't have made a better decision career-wise. You came into the Caps with Mike McHugh and Eleanor Sharp as they uh, all moved over together with you. It mm-hmm. uh, was an interesting time because uh, the Caps had moderate success the first year and then, uh, of course, you copped a wooden spoon the following year. Yeah, we did and, you know, it was it was a long season and um, we certainly battled it out, I think, with, with the likes of Tasmania and, and the Australian Institute of Sports. Um, you know, down the bottom bottom half of the ladder most of the season. But, um, you know, I think that's something that I, I decided to do will persistence paid off and I'm now um, four championships better for it and, and uh, have enjoyed the success um, since. Graffy coming along with Loz and uh, Veerly, bringing Shelley Sandy and Lucille Bailey to the club. What were your thoughts when you saw that line-up being pulled together? Oh, look, um, you know, I've, I've been pretty fortunate, I guess, throughout my career to, to play alongside some some pretty awesome players. And, um, you know, the, the names that you mentioned there, Lauren Jackson, Lauren Jackson, Shelley Sandy and, and Kristen Veal, um, all brought something new and exciting to the club and, and I guess really lifted the club, I suppose, in, in a time of need. And, um, you know, they were great for our program and, and also great for their personal careers also. And... Lucille Bailey also came coming out of retirement and, you know, winning another championship for a different club and, you know, look, they've all been great, um, great moves and I suppose it speaks volumes for the type, type of person that Carrie Graff is to be able to try and pull those sort of people to a club like Canberra and, and, um, you know, help the, help the program improve its profile within the community and also within the WNBL. You talk about four championships that you've won. You have tasted disappointment on that last day in February up against the Sydney Panthers at the AS Arena. What does that actually feel like? Um, well, I suppose any athlete that's, that's lost the grand final could tell you it's 
um, it's not a great feeling losing a grand final. And, um, you know, in some ways I think it probably, it probably inspired me to come back and um, improve my game and, and hopefully, you know, that it sparked my teammates also to come back and, you know, it leaves a bit of a bit of taste in your mouth. So you certainly um, prepare yourself to come back and, and make that promise to each other that you won't let that opportunity pass by again, knowing that you, you're not sure how many grand finals that you will participate in throughout your career. And, you know, um, luckily we were able to, to come back and, you know, now we've, we've had back-to-back titles twice and, and um, you know, we're looking for a three-peat, which is not something that we're, we're totally focusing on, um, especially this season, I think, with the, um, the evenness of the, of the league, we're looking mostly now just to make top four and whatever happens from there um, will be seen. Bendigo and New Zealand coming into the league this year, how has that changed the complexion? Because a lot of people would have thought two more clubs would have lowered the standards of the league, trying to spread the better players out amongst more teams. Yeah, look, it's definitely um, levelled out, I'd, I'd say, the... the um, the quality of the league, and um, you know, New Zealand are certainly no slouches, and they've proven that with their home record. Um, as for Bendigo, they're, they're currently in fourth spot, so you know, I think you know, being new to a franchise is, is difficult, um, but you know, they've, they've shown that they're quite capable of competing at this level, and, and the players that they've got are talented enough to take it up against some of the better known clubs. Bendigo, I guess there'd be a little bit of a soft spot, uh, particularly when you're playing in, in Bendigo and Ballarat for uh, that club. Yeah, look, it, it is, but you know, once you uh, once you cross that white line, it's about business. And you know, I read in a, a pamphlet the other day that um, Karen Ashby for Bendigo had made the comment that you know they they're playing like every every game is uh, important season game for them, and I think that's something that we need to to take the same approach in and, you know, they're certainly showing that with their results and, and um, you know, they're, they're quite capable of sneaking in the top four there and, you know, we're looking to make something special happen. And it makes the split that you're going to have against Bendigo even more important because they are right in that top four contender position. Yeah, I mean, top four is up for grabs now. Um, third and fourth spot in particular. Um, I think we're fighting it out with the likes of Bendigo, Danny Nong, um, and Townsville. So our upcoming game against Townsville um, on January the 6th is going to be really important. Also, um, playing up in Townsville, it's, it's always been a tough game up there, especially in their gym and, and their crowds and their referees. So, um, you know, I think that we've got to take the approach now that it's just game by game, and that's something that this team has done well, is, is perform well under pressure in the past. and hopefully we'll continue to play well with our backs against the wall because there's no guarantee of, of making that third or fourth spot just yet. Yeah. And, uh, of course, if I can go back a bit, seven games you played in 2004-2005, did you think you would continue playing basketball when you left the club or did you think that was it, Kelly's going to move out of Canberra? Um, I guess it was a good time for me to reflect and, um, and think about what I wanted to get out of basketball, but there was certainly no doubt in my mind that I, I definitely wanted to, to continue to play basketball. Um, and, you know, fortunately for me, I, I made that decision because now it's put me in a position where I'm, I'm leading the, the Capitals and, and also um, captaining them to a, a championship. So, um, you know, definitely no, no doubt in my mind that I wanted to continue playing. And um, fortunately, I, I was um, fortunate enough to, to continue playing with, the, with my club. 
was that the lowest point since the 98-99 wooden spoon? Uh, look, I've, I've faced, I guess, many adversities throughout my career. I don't think there's any athlete that hasn't. Um, you know, certainly injuries played a part in mine, um, as was losing, you know, a couple of grand finals. But, um, you know, you take the good with the bad, and there's certainly been more, more good times than there has bad. So, um, you know, I think those sort of things can only... Um, work an advantage to your career and, and inspire you even more to continue playing. Mm. Now, Tally Berthelak was playing her final season at WNBL Basketball. What does it mean playing beside her and learning from her? Oh, uh, look, Tally's a great competitor. Um, I think she shows that every time that she steps out onto the floor and, and really brings that passion and energy and that sort of spreads amongst the rest of her teammates. And, um, you know, this year's no exception. I'm sure she'll be wanting to finish her career in Australia on a real high and and hopefully we'll be able to deliver that for her. And Natalie Hurst, her re-improvement in the last, uh, well, in uh, probably halfway through last season to now has just been astonishing, hasn't it? It has. Um, you know, I always knew that um, we're capable of stepping up and, and playing big minutes and, you know, she will eventually start um, as point guard for, for this club. And I think it just took a bit of confidence and, and certainly the, the effort that she's putting um, to training and be in extra sessions with um, choreographing individuals and and uh, improving her um, her physique at the gym. So, you know, credit to Natty that she's worked hard to get to where she's at at the moment. I think we can probably see um, something more, probably something even more special coming from that in, in future years. Is there anything Kelly Abrams hasn't achieved yet in basketball? Um, look, I don't think so. Um, you know, for a while I was pretty um, pretty keen on trying to uh, establish myself or gain selection into the Opal squad, um, extended squad of, of 20 or 30. Um, but, you know, I think that's, I'm not sure whether that's a realistic goal for me anymore considering where I'm at in my career. Um, but, you know, certainly I, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more than um, four championships. And, well, I can't, I can ask for more, but... Um, you know, leading the, my club and, and playing for the same club, um, hopefully for the duration of my career, is, is certainly enough and, and something I'll, I'll look forward to reflecting on in the future. The lure of Europe isn't there? Pardon? Uh, the lure of Europe isn't there? Um, look, a little while ago I probably said, I probably thought that that may have been an option. Um, I certainly don't think it's out of the realm of possibility um, if the right offer was made. Uh, but at this stage, you know, I'm concentrating on, on finishing this season in the WNBL and, and we'll see what happens from there. Well, thanks a lot, Cal. Cheers, mate. I always find it interesting when players come to Australia to continue their craft. Krista Hayes, after playing with the Lynx last year, has made the move to the Caps this year and certainly is enjoying what she's experiencing. Well, Krista, it's a long way from the United States of America to the WNBL. What um, made you make the decision for you and your husband to uh, track halfway around the world to play basketball? Well, it was basically the chance to get to coach and play together. And obviously in the States after college, it's WNBA or nothing. So Australia gives the opportunity to play after college. It is a, uh, an interesting league because uh, we get robbed of a lot of players to go to Europe rather than stay at home. Oh, yes. 
But you still have quite a few good ones that stick around. I guess the really good ones just have a chance to make more money, and so that's why you lose into Europe. But I'd say the WNBL is still pretty strong and got some good locals. Well, you, how many years ago did you actually make the move over here? Um, it was March 2006. And then straight over to Perth, or did you go straight to Launceston first up? Yeah, it was Launceston first, and then Perth, and then Launceston, and then Canberra, and then I'll go back to Launceston. Launceston. People in Australia don't go to Launceston. How does someone from the United States there? Oh, that's a good question. I had to look it up on the map when I heard where I was going. Um, I had a friend who played for the Tornadoes back in the, what was it, early 90s? Maybe? Late, ni- late 90s? Yeah, and um, the coach at the time knew her and knew that she was coaching college basketball in the States and called her and asked if um, she knew of any post players. And she was nice enough to recommend me, so sent some tapes over, and um, that's how it all happened. Then you get called up to join the WNBL and head across to Western Australia into a team that has been struggling since they uh, last played in a grand final, which is only about six or seven years ago. Yeah. Oh, I... <laughs> I just didn't do, I guess, my research well enough. Um, it was, I mean, it's good. I learned things over in Perth, and the team, my teammates were great. But, yeah, I wish I would have done a little more research into the WNBL and the clubs and the coaches and, you know, the wins and losses and that sort of thing. But um, just went there because I knew one of the teammates and, um yeah, I learned some lessons, and now I'm in Canberra, and I'm very happy here. I'm interested to know, who did you know at Western Australia in Perth? Um, I played with Jazz and Finnegan uh-huh. uh, with the Tornadoes. We we were teammates there, and so she was going back to play with Perth, so um, went went with her, basically. Now she's a Finnegan girl. Last year, did you have a lot of choices in clubs to go to for the WNBL? Um, no. I've been, like, going into Perth or going into this one? Going into the previous one, after your first season at Launceston. Oh. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't get any phone calls from coaches. So it was a way of getting your name out there. Oh, yeah. No, it was, because I did want to play at a higher level, and, you know, WNBL seemed to be it, so. Well, semi-professional, what has opportunities coming from it. This year, was it different? Because post players, coming into the Olympics, it's probably different to other times, because uh, players do get sort of, Jan Sterling sort of suggests that everyone who... uh, can play in Australia, should play in Australia, leading up to an Olympic sports election. Oh, that's interesting. Most of the national players aren't here. They're in Russia. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, this, I guess coming into this season, I had a few more options. Um, just, yeah, my names had gotten out there, and I had a good uh, 
foreseeable season, and I did have some op- offers from other clubs, but I was just really happy that Canberra worked out, and also because Tim was able to coach as well. Obviously, you've gone from the team at the bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder. What's the okay. difference? What's the difference? Uh, I think it goes all the way back to just the start of the administration, the people behind the club, all you know, the people who provide money for the club, you know, even previous players who are still involved with the Capitals, and you know, just from physios to massage, you know, the suits to the um, manager to you know the <laughs> to um, I just everybody. I mean, I don't know what Ray's title is, but you know, yeah, every program manager. Yeah, Graffy's full time. You know, Mark Cartwright does a great job of you know making sure that we have what we need. It's just everyone's really professional, and you know, does a great job of supporting them. And then the players that Graffy brings in, you know, are. You know, they have a different mentality. They have a championship mentality and want to work really hard and do whatever it takes. Does the fact that Graffy has got WNBA experience, you've got players that have played in world championships and won world championships in Kelly's case, WNBA championships in Kelly's case, does that mean a lot in the course of training for the season and, 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 uh, and actually on the court? Definitely. I mean, you're going to pull from their previous experiences, their previous success, and, you know, they know what it takes to get there. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge, huge asset for the capital. How can you benefit from that? Um, I think uh, as far as what I've learned so far, especially with Graffy, she's a much different um Jeff, she has a different style of coaching that I've um, ever experienced, and it's a lot more mental, like the mental side of the game, which has been, you know, really good for me, and I think I've learned a lot. And then to just be surrounded by so many players and learning how to, you know, play together when, you know, anyone taking the shot is a good option, you know, learning how to get the best shot. And, um... Yeah, I mean, just like the leadership, watching Leanne Abs and Maddie, you know, lead the team and, you know, just change situations and that sort of thing has been really useful. And hopefully I'll pick some of it up for um, Launceston, although we're bringing Maddie with us. So hopefully she'll be most of the leadership. <laughs> you have, of course, uh, an interesting role in the post because... I guess in the pecking order, you're in behind Tracy and Abs, but mm. you've been known to start, and you've, oh, sorry, not Abs, <laughs> of course, Abs, Abby, yeah. um, but um, you have had your chances to start, and I must say, in that lead up to Christmas, you really were, um, you're starting to get points, rebounds, leading scoring, and all sorts of things were happening for you. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, that just shows, you know, the depth that, Graffy has coming off the bench. You know, Tracy and Abby are great post players, and same with our first, you know, three guards. But, you know, going to the bench with Maddie and myself and then Pete and Mecca, 
you know, she's got some really good players coming off the bench who can step up if, you know, need be. So it's, I think it's, it's really nice to be able to, you know, you know, as needed, you know, do what I can do. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll take every opportunity I get. How does Canberra life suit you and Kim? No, it's just fine. We're pretty quiet. We um, like to eat out and watch movies and go shopping. So, <laughs> Canberra has all that. We're pretty easy. And, of course, uh, what, what is, what's the end game for you two? Where do you want to be in five years' time? Oh, that's so hard to say right now because, uh, I mean, I'd like to keep playing, but I don't know if my body will let me. And, I mean, yes, we'll, we'll do the Australian thing as long as, you know, I can play at a level that I am confident in and not, you know, playing injured or, you know, that sort of thing. And then um, I think both my husband and I would like to eventually coach at the college level back in the States. But I don't know, have a timeline. You, you two both are still relatively young in basketball terms. Surely your age isn't catching up with you yet. Oh, I wish it wasn't, but I just, yeah, it was, yeah, it's kind of hard, I guess, when, I took three years off, like I played college basketball, and that's always really hard on an athlete's body because you go every day for four years, and then took a break for about three years, and then, you know, picked up again with Australia, and going, you know, back to back to back to back seasons, you just, your body never really gets that good rest it needs, and, um, you know, little injuries start hanging on longer than they should, and championships, what's, what's it going to take to get you guys up with a third one? Oh, You've seen all the teams now. That's a tough one. Oh, um, I think that's a hard one to ask me because I guess I was coming to Canberra to find out what it what it is, like what it is <laughs> that uh, gets you to that championship because there are so many on the team that have done it before. I was hoping, you know, hoping to get that answer from them. But right now, um, I think we've got to find a way when we're down to stick together and, you know, find a way to get it done no matter what. And, um, yeah, I think it's just that extra effort and dedication and practice every day and then it'll carry over to the game. Of, of course, Canberra has not, in those two years previous, gone into the grand final or into even the final series as the favourite. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard they're the underdogs and nobody wants them to win or expects them to win. Um, 
which is funny because I don't know somehow I saw him last year when I was at Perth, but you know, new to the system. So um, I don't know. This doesn't really bother me. I know everyone is, I guess, looking at Adelaide, especially just because they are so talented and they have managed to, you know, do just fine with all of the talent that they have. So they're going to be tough, and I'm sure they're a favorite, but, you know, everyone can be beaten on a given night. So we'll we'll be looking to take them down. So you've gone from the most pity team to the most hated team. Oh, I no. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't know. I should be in my own little bubble, but uh, it's all right. As long as we're winning, I don't really care what other people think. Well, thanks very much for your time. Oh, thank you. I don't have to say too much to introduce this next player. She certainly is Canberra basketball royalty, Natalie Hurst. Well, Matt, another year in the WNBL, and once again, you're just going from strength to strength as a player. Yeah, you know, I was actually giving me a lot more responsibility, you know, she gave me more last season, and especially this season, you know, my minutes are up, and I'm getting to, yeah, to play a lot of time in the mix, so I think my confidence is coming along, and hopefully I can keep going from strength to strength. Now, last, no, not last year, the year before, when you came back to the team and won the championship, I said, you must be the good luck charm. You seem to agree? I do, I keep telling the girls every day, that's, that's me. Now, a year, two years later, another championship and a World University Games medal. Yeah, um, you know, it's been a pretty big, big year for me. You know, we've, we've coming back all a couple of years, you know, coming back to the Caps, getting that championship, you know, being in the mix last season, getting that one, you know, Graffy becoming the, the university coach and me getting the part of the team. And obviously, I know what she, what she needed and what you know, what I could do for her, so I was able to slot into that role pretty easily, and you know, now we're looking for another championship, so hopefully we can finish off the, off the season with that. Just talking about those games, what does it mean to be able to play in a national team and, and then take a gold medal? Well, you know, any international experience I can get now is, is important for me for my future, and to play in you know, for, that, for my first rookie out internationally, that was that was massive for me. I played against, you know, some some big girls and some quick girls, and you know, and then coming away with the gold medal and knowing that I played played a big part in that was is absolutely huge. And you know, I'm proud of myself, and I think that I was able to use that to come into this WBL season. All right, we you talked about Graffy giving you more of a role. With responsibility comes pressure. How do you manage that now? Um, you know, I feel the pressure. The way that she's, she's talked to me about what my role is and, and what she wants me to come and do, I, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. She wants me to be to be opposite from Tully. So Tully's a, you know, one of the best offensive people in the league and I can come in and she wants me to be an offensive punch, you know. When my shot's rolling, then, then I'm taking it. And if, if it's not, then, you know, I'm getting other people open and being, being the point guard that, that she needs in that respect too. So, and coming off the bench, not starting, which isn't a big deal for me at the moment because I'm still playing my minutes, but I don't feel the pressure. She chucks me in. She wants me to give energy to the team. I think I've been doing that, and, I, and I'm not, not feeling any pressure at the moment. Now, you're coming off the bench, and normally when you're subbing, 
you're stepping into a rotation where you've got a sharpshooter like Jess or a detective star like Kelly, do you come in just to play a role of we want two sharpshooters out there? Or do you have to come in and when you're subbing in for Tully, you have to play defensive, and when you're subbing in for Jess, you have to play offensive? No, Scrappy, Scrappy wants me to... Obviously, she needs me to contain the other guards, but she wants me to be that second offensive punch if I'm in with, 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 um, with Bibbins. You know, if, if I'm in with Tull and Tull's the defender, then that gives me even more, even more, you know, lenience to, to not, not slack off in defense, but, you know, she, she can shoot a bit more and I can get out of my lanes and run. So... Either way, it's a really good position coming in playing with Bibble or with, with Tully. Now, you're looking to get your, and this is unbelievable, your sixth WNBL pendant this year. Yep. Tully's going to retire from the WNBL. Next year, I think everyone would expect you to go straight into that starting five. Yeah, that's something Graffy and I talked about and she said to me, you know, from the start of the season when we knew Tully was, was retiring, I wasn't coming back, but next season's my team. So that's exciting for me, um, but I'm still going to just, you know, learn from Tully. I need to obviously, if I can become half a defensive player now that she is, then I'm, I'm in a good spot if I can keep improving that. But I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because Graffy doesn't want me to change just because I'm going to be starting next season. So I think... Um, I'm feeling confident that I can just keep being the player that I am at the moment and improving on that. You're going to Launceston in the off-season? Yep. Launceston. <laughs> Why Launceston? Yeah, you, like you've been to Knox, you've been to uh, other places in and around Victoria, but Launceston. Well, you know, they play in the same league as uh, the people that, that I played in last season, so that's still, you know, the top competition under WBL and you know, the, what is meant to be the feeder program to the WBL and Krista Hayes, who is in our team at, at this stage, and Tim Hayes, who's her husband, is also our, one of our assistants with us, who's the head coach down there. So, you know, going with him, spending a season with Cats and knowing what Grappy wants from me and wants me to improve on, then it was a no-brainer to go and work out with him. Is where you're at in your career, you've sort of transitioned from the youngster who's in the squad to getting a couple of minutes now to getting important minutes. Where do you go from here? Start or next? And then where? Um, it's, it's already come down. It's, it isn't too much more, is it? <laughs> well, you know, oh, five, sorry. Sweet to win. Yeah, I've got five moments. It's going to be sweet to keep, you know, to be able to keep winning those. And every every championship's different. You know, teams of the teams that I've played in every year has been different. So every, every, um, Pendant, you know, that, that I get is it's even sweeter. But um, where from here, I'll obviously want to keep making my impact that I am in the WNBL at the moment. I, I think I've, over the last couple of weeks I've played a bit, so I want to really step it up and bring it home for the finals and just keep doing my thing and step into the starting line next season. And, you know, obviously my goal after that would be keep improving and hopefully make it open squad in the next couple of years. So obviously the Commonwealth Games Long Bowling team is going to have to wait. <laughs> That's my backup plan. <laughs> the girls sort of joke about it with me. I keep telling them that's my backup plan. So you never know. How often do you get out to have a role these days? Not as often as I'd like to. Actually, I haven't done it for a while. I was talking about it the other week, and um, I was excited because he's on the bills, but then I didn't, have, I didn't, you know, didn't have the time to go do it. So unfortunately, not as much as I'd like to. Uh-huh. Well, thanks for your time. No worries.
catch up with you later. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Bye. Players well, overcoming adversity are tremendous stories and normally a great feature in the halftime program. No doubt about it, the Peter Sinclair story has to be one of the most amazing. Well, Peter Sinclair, you've been with the Capitals now for some time and certainly enjoyed some success in your role with the club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is my third season now, and um, so far I'm um, two from three, just hoping to get another one this season. Um, but no, I feel like this year I've you know, got more of an important role this year. I mean, I feel like I've had pretty important roles the last two years, um, just being like a role player and training player, pushing everyone else in the team. Um, but this year definitely I feel like I've got more of a role and, and um, more of a, an opportunity to step up. So I'm really looking forward to it. I guess a lot of people have uh, seen you sitting on the bench there, not getting a lot of minutes. How hard is it to motivate yourself when you're in a situation where you, you know you're not a starter or you're not a big minute player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it can be hard at times. I mean, um, especially, you know, if you've got other things in personal life that's going on and, and work kits and things like that, it gets hard to um, sort of, you know, push yourself there. And, but, in, I mean, in the long run, it is a team sport and um, and for you know, being an individual player, and obviously I go play individual sports, so... Um, but it's just a great bunch of girls and, um, you know, I, I love training, so, you know, if it wasn't so much um, a problem then I probably wouldn't be here. Um, but no, just really loving it and, you know, just got to bide your time. I mean, look at Nat Hurst, who's been there for, you know, this is her seventh year, I think, and, you know, she's finally stepped up to the plane and, and she's definitely someone to aspire to for those people that um, sort of don't start out to a lot of court time there. When you look at her, the role you play in the club, how has it been changing over your years here? Um, well, my first year with the club, I mean, I had a sort of serious injury um, before then and that was my first year back as basketball, so I wasn't really expecting much of a, you know, a playing time or anything like that, but just, you know, the calibre of people that you play with, like Laurie Jackson and, and Eleanor Sharp and, and Jenny Riddle, those people that you sort of looked up to as you've gone through your basketball career was just, you know, pretty upsetting to be part of that group there. And, and then the second year, obviously, um, you know, getting a bit more confidence and, and trying to get my fitness back and everything like that, it's... Um, Definitely helped me there. And uh, now this year, we've, you know, lost a key player in Donna and, um, you know, we lost Caitlin um, just, you know, due to other reasons, things like that. And it's obviously um, my time to sort of step up. And especially with, you know, um, post playing in foul trouble as of late, I've obviously, um, you know, touched up confidence myself. And obviously, Graffy has confidence coming in um, every now and then, which is good. You went to the RAS, so obviously through your junior years, you were showing a lot of promise as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I was, you know, growing up, I was netball, and I started playing basketball in about 13, and um, a lot of the coaches, because I was brought up in the New South Wales area there, and a lot of the coaches there um, sort of pushed me to try out for state teams and things like that, and, and um, I got a lot of experience there. I mean, I tried out when I was 13, um, so we were on 16 state team, and obviously I was um, a little bit young to play that, but just getting that experience is pretty good, and, and just sort of getting a reputation around um, New South Wales is, is a good thing as well, and... And obviously, um, you know, the people like Lauren Jackson and Penny Taylor and that coming through the AS, it's always something that you aspire to go through, especially um, the great opportunity for um, a lot of young people there. Right after coming out of the AS, you went to the dark side. You went straight into that uh, Sydney, well, what was it, the Panthers back then? Yeah, that was Sydney Panthers back then, and um, I think we're playing at the, the Sydney um, Homebush Arena there, so Racer Arena it's called now. Um, that was sort of, you know, I was actually looking to go back to college at that time, so... Um, basically, I wasn't sort of contracted or anything. I just wanted to get the experience of training and being part of a group. And um, just me being a Sydney um, local sort of thing, obviously, Karen, you know, was trying to develop local players, junior players, and obviously I was part of the development squad there. Mm. You don't have an injury, which 
kept you out for a, a good two or three seasons. Yeah, um, I went over to college in America and actually um, had a, a brain tumor, a cyst on my brain, which prevented me from playing. And um, I had surgery on that, and then um, after that, I had a few complications um, from recovery, and I developed blood clots and actually almost had to be revived twice because um, I just was a really hard time at the time, and I had a lot of complications with um, just things like that. And um, doctors were telling me over there that I would never play basketball again, and it just sounded really ridiculous considering that I went over there to play basketball and hadn't played a game. And um, so, you know, it was, it was a family discussion and uh, the family sort of decided it would be best if I came back home um, during the summer break. So I came back home and saw a local doctor here, um, Dr. Charles C. Actually, he's pretty well known in Australia and he's done some pretty um, outstanding things with the brain, brain surgery type of stuff. So, and, and got consulted him and he um, sort of got me through surgery again and, and cleaned me to play after three months and said, you know, feel free to do what you want. So here I am now and just, you know, loving it. <laughs> Who were you playing for over in the States? Um, I was at Oral Roberts University. And where's that? In um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. And how did you how did you find, did you, well, if you were sick most of the time, you just the campus life and that sort of thing, you didn't really get to experience too much? Um, no, well, I went over in, um, I went actually went on New Year's 2002, and um, the coach usually brings over international players early, um, just sort of to get that experience and just to get one semester of um, college, you know, university studies under your belt, which is always good. And then, so I got that done, and then went back home and came back for my first season um, in college, and just had a bit of complications during pre-season and sort of kept passing out and things like that, so... Um, after that, I never really got to continue to play and, and was hoping to go back over after I had surgery here in Australia, but doctors over there wouldn't clean me to play, so that's why um, I pursued my career over here. Mm. So what were you studying over there? I was doing elementary education, which is primary school teaching. So I've deferred from... And that's what you've continued on with? Um, at the moment, I've deferred from university. I'm doing a Bachelor of Arts, um, majoring in Criminology, so... Um, I think I've got two and a half years, or a year and a half left on that, and um, I'll be... Obviously, I'm um, graduated from there, but it's just a little bit hard at the moment with um, playing basketball full time and working full time. It's just hard to sort of fit your studies in when you're um, doing it by distance because you've got to sort of do your own studying on your own. So, at the moment, I'm just deferred, and hopefully, I'll eventually get back to that. You've got ten years, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, eight games away from fifty with Canberra. Yep. Um, you've clocked up obviously fifty games in the WNBL. Yep. It's it's quite a healthy number. Yeah, I mean, I mean, statistics are always nice to have around, but it's normally not something that I always look at, um, sort of thing. But I mean, it's pretty um pretty nice to know that I have to with Canberra and considering it's been a great club for me. Um, they're huge supporters and the crowds and that is fantastic, and it's just a real you know good club environment, very professional and and grabbing the girls is just great. So I'm just just really happy to actually get 50 games on my belt here. So. Uh. Now, coming into the club in 2005, but I thought this was your second stint with the club. No, this is my third season. Um, no, but I, I, I thought you had a short period there with the club, like when Tom Mayle was coaching. No, 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 no. I was never here when Tom Mayle was coaching. Oh, okay. Yeah, my season was the same as Tracy Beatty's, so oh, okay. my third season here. Yeah, fair enough. Where do, where do you want to be in your basketball career? Where do you... You know, where do you see yourself going to? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, obviously, the Australian team was obviously a high priority for me. 
um, it just, you know, as you get older, and um, the opportunities are quite slim now. So, um, really, my my idea is just to basically um, get as best as I can um, experience-wise in the WNBL and I've been ABA, and, and hopefully um, down the track, I'd love to go and play over Europe for a season or two and, and um, pursue that there. That would be fantastic. I mean, I really enjoyed my trip over at Russia, so um, especially getting the experience there. It's just a great environment, and it'd be nice to, to finally do something that you're really passionate about professionally. And um, eventually, I'd love to go and coach. Um, not necessarily, don't know where I'd coach. I mean, maybe go back and um, the college um, experience over in America was really good, and I really enjoyed that. So hopefully, um, keeping contact, contact with different college coaches over there would be good, or or even um, helping out in Canberra or anything I can do with juniors is um, definitely something that I'm interested in. Uh, and it is uh, certainly plenty of opportunities in basketball worldwide. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just, um, I mean, it'd be nice to have a career that I have to work full-time, so um, eventually I'm hoping that, you know, Australian basketball can actually make him in basketball professional. That would be, you know, a great thing. I know Graffy's working really hard for the, the camera caps to be the first um, team to become professional, so, I mean, hopefully um, if I can be around during that period and with coaching would be fantastic to be able to um, develop people like that. Well, before the end of this season, you want to try and grab another pendant. Yes. How is it all going? Are we on the up or are we plateaued too soon? No, I think um, I mean, tonight we had a really great training session. Um, we also, you know, just had a team meeting and sort of re-established where you want to be and, and make sure that everyone's on the same page. I've actually committed and wanting to work hard to get this goal. I mean, I know like last year a lot of people um, never expected us to win and, and we definitely know that's the case this year. I mean, I know no one's really talking about us, only Adelaide and Sydney, they've feel like that they've already made the championship grand final experience there but I know definitely um, once the girls sort of really um, after tonight's meeting I really feel like that we um, we know how to get there and we know what needs to be done and, and we're really pulling together as a group because we are really close as friends and, and we know that um, we definitely want to do this for ourselves and especially for Tully as well knowing this is her retiring year. Well we've almost come full circle now and it's ahead of the last game of the Capitals and the last regular season game of Tully Bevilacqua. When I had her on the phone, I didn't even have to ask a question. Oh, I well, um, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, you know, I haven't really um, thought much about this weekend's game as being our last because everything's at the finals. Mm. You know, we're obviously going to have one game at home, but, um, you know, I think that'll probably hit me more so for that one rather than this last game coming up. But uh, um, I mean, I mean, I think I know. I definitely know that it's the right decision that I've made to to finish up this year. Um, and you know, it's, it's I don't know, been ten years or something that I've been playing in this league, and I guess I've I've seen uh, you know, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Ask me another question. <laughs> Leave me with a question. Lead you with a question. Coming to Canberra, making that decision to come over and join Lyle of the Year, and obviously you're lucky enough to stay a couple more years. Yeah, well, the time that I came over um, wasn't primarily, you know, because of Lyle's. Um, um, obviously, you know, she was the connection that initially instigated the move to Canberra, or just actually talking about it to Tom Barr and, and the possibility of coming over, but um, um, I think it was the right time in my career because 
you know, it's pretty much only just trading first and we're just starting to feel, I know, that I'm stagnated a little bit and, and just needed another challenge, you know, a different a different direction and a new challenge. And um, when, uh, you know, Log mentioned, um, you know, the, the camera team needing a point guard um, and, you know, mentioned to Tom that I might be interested, you know, that kind of got things rolling and uh, definitely haven't regretted the decision you know, becoming Canberra, it's been a fantastic club, um, you know, and I think, you know, probably the highlights of being, you know, being coached by Graffy, um, you know, I think um, she's really certainly, um, you know, helped with my game over the last few years and, and also just really have enjoyed her, her style of coaching. Um, and obviously winning a couple of championships here has uh, made it, um, extremely enjoyable, and obviously I haven't played. I've never played in a winning championship team before, so yeah, that was um, a big, a big bonus. And then going back to back was just, um, yeah, pretty exciting, unbelievable. Lots of people, you know, get to win a championship to start with, but you know, to go back to back, um, you know, that's pretty rare in itself as well. So definitely highlights there. And, and I mean, it's also what's kept me here, I guess, is the fact that, you know, there's great people around, um, you know, great teammates, uh, great, people, great people involved, you know, with the club. Um, and, you know, Cameron's just such an easy style, easy lifestyle. What do you have to do, other than beat Danny on this weekend, but uh, to make sure you have the best position in the finals you can, but what do you have to do to win those finals and get a, a third championship battle? Well, to win, we need to... Um, basically, I mean, we... You know, obviously last week in Adelaide was disappointing, but we need to stick to the scouts of um, of the opposition for four quarters. We can't just, you know, hold a team down for half of half a game and then uh, forget about, you know, what we did for, for that half to, um, you know, to put us in a good position to win the game. So it, it's, it's, you know, obviously, you know, doing what we do well, um, you know, defend, run, and, you know, utilise our, our inside players, you know, Abby and Tracy, um, and then, you know, freeing up, which frees up the outside of, of you know, Vivi and that. Um, but... Pretty much we need to focus on the players that we're playing and their strengths and, and taking that away from them. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we're looking at having uh, a back, you know, for the finals and, and that's just going to be a big boost because, you know, we've, I think we've missed her defensive presence, um, particularly more so, obviously, with the game against Adelaide um, when they have so many weapons. Um, you, you take out one of your major defenders and, you know, there's a big hole to fill there. So I think with the added, you know, with, with Kel coming back into the into the lineup for the finals, will um, will give us a big boost and uh, and definitely will help in terms of you know sticking to the scouts. So I think that's probably the most important part of our game that we've got to focus on. Mm. Now, as you said, you've been thinking about getting not just through this last home game, but through finals, and then of course the WNBA season is Beijing on the horizon as well for you. Um, well, definitely that's because, you know, I'm, you know, in the squad and I'm in the mix for, for selection, but, um, you know, there's a, a camp after, after the season's finished here, there's a camp in April, a four-day camp at the AIS, and then 
later on in the month, um, a tour to Beijing, which is the invitational tournament, I think with like the six top teams um, in the world. So obviously the you know the last two the last two sets that I'll have with the um, with the Australian squad and the Australian you know coaches and selectors. So I obviously need to perform on those occasions um, to give myself any chance, and then you know just up to uh, up to the selectors then because I go back to the WNBA and and, and you know it'll just be a waiting game for you. You know, which you know, which way they choose to go, whether they choose to you know use my style of play or go in a different direction. It's probably too soon to ask you, but what does Tully Bevelackwood do when she's no longer a basketballer? Oh, well, there'll always be something for me to do involved with basketball, whether it's coaching or media. Um, I'll definitely be involved in some capacity. Probably at this stage, I'll be looking more towards the media initially, um, but uh, I mean I'll certainly hopefully, you know, help out still on the training track with the, with the Cats, I think um, once I've had a rest after the next WNBA season and potentially play another WNBA season, um, I'll, you know, certainly uh, look to keep my fitness levels up by scrimmaging with the team still and um, helping out in any way I can. Um, in that aspect, but definitely I think I'm, I'm heading towards looking at getting involved with the media. Well, we'll always have you at the side of the court uh, for Sport Radio, that's for sure. Oh, well, hopefully it'll help. But, um, no, it's, uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to take a little while to, to adjust to, you know, not doing the daily routines that I've been doing over the last how many years, 12, 34 years, I can't remember now, it's a blur, but um, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it's hard to kind of answer and, until it's happened and uh, all the emotions and that have, uh, have you know, taken its toll and, uh, you know, I've shed the tears and, and everything like that, because um, I'm sure there will be tears uh, once that final whistle blows, but uh, uh, golf will be involved. I definitely want to improve my, uh, my golf swing and my short game, so... There'll be a mix of uh, activities for me to do. I certainly won't have uh, nothing to do, that's for sure. The way you're hitting the ground and bouncing straight back up again, it doesn't look like you should be retiring, but uh, obviously it isn't as easy to get back up these days. Uh, no, I mean, I guess for, for you know, my age, I'm, I'm still doing a pretty good job of recovering game after game, but now I, I, I do take that little extra... To recover, um, but it's also been um, smart about the training program. So you know, obviously, I'm not going to do now what a tw- you know I did at 21, 22, 25. Um, you know, I've had to modify my training programs a little bit, so not as taxing and uh, more specific. But I'm still getting um, the same results um, on the court. So it's just being smart about it, and obviously, the coaches under you know. Because you've got good coaches that um, take that into account and, uh, and you know, obviously Grumpy is one of those, you know, if I'm feeling tired, she, you know, I can just let her know, she'll ease me off again and um, it's exactly the same with Indiana. Um, you know, I've got that, got that understanding and respect from them that, you know, if I do need a day off, um, I can have it. So, and it's, you know, it's a two way thing because obviously, you know, you don't abuse that privilege. Like, um, so it's just been smart about 
how your body's feeling from day to day. Mm. Well, Tommy, all the best against Dan in Ongan, and of course, it's either Adelaide or Sydney that await in the, uh, oh, sorry, it's either Adelaide or mm-hmm. probably Dan you know, that await in the finals for you uh, after that. Yes, it's uh, going to be a very uh, interesting last round because, uh, I mean, I'm not sure whether Townsville can actually still make it. I do talk that they could still potentially make it, and Bendigo didn't do themselves any favours on the weekend either. Well, actually, both Bendigo and Dandenong had losses. Um, so it's the result, even, yeah, from second through to, you know, obviously we secure third regardless, but... Um, yeah, that fourth slot is, is up for grabs and will come down to the result of the last round. And, and obviously, we're hoping that Townsville can do the job against Sydney in Townsville. And Townsville is in good form. And uh, it's, as I said, it's in Townsville and their last home game. And they obviously would like to, to finish the season on a high. So it's, it's not out of the question that Townsville could knock off Sydney. So there's a lot playing to play for next weekend. And all the best for that. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us for this special look back at 2007-2008 for the Canberra Transact Capitals. The final regular season game of the year is up next on Sport Radio.